0: Um, My guest is uh, Ms. Renit Feingold-Polak, and she's doing PhD work on using robotics and rehabilitation for uh, people that have had strokes. So, uh, how are you doing, Renit? I'm
1: great, thank you. How are you?
0: Good, good. And I know it's late over there. You know, I'm in the U.S., she's in Israel, so it's like midnight and all that, so I appreciate you being on late. Um, Yeah,
1: that's okay.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so so tell me a little bit about uh, what made you get into this field, what interests you in... um, you know, using robotics to help people that have had strokes rehab stuff.
1: Well, I'm I'm a physical therapist. Um, actually, I'm quite away from technology. Um, hmm. I've been practicing since uh, 2002, um, and when I was looking for a PhD project, I uh, I met uh, Dr. Shelly Levitzedek. She's from uh, Ben Gurion University in the Negev, and we started talking about robotics, and she had all kinds of nice ideas. Um, so I thought it, that could be really interesting, As and as long as I go with the project, it gets more and more interesting, and um, this is something I don't have experience in, so it was really a great project, and I really believe in this field for rehabilitation.
0: So what is the field called? Is it like robotic-assisted rehabilitation, or what would you call it?
1: Well, we... Actually, the project that I'm working on is the is humanoid robotic for rehabilitation. But yes, in general, you could get you could call it uh, robotics for rehabilitation or assistive robotic for rehabilitation. So,
0: all right, interesting. So, um, in your physical therapy work, do you deal with people that have had strokes a lot, and do you feel like a kinship with them? Is that why? Specifically, you wanted to work on this?
1: Well, I work with um, all kinds of neurological conditions, but mainly stroke and uh, traumatic brain injuries. And one of the problems that we are facing is that um, the therapy session is quite short. Mm. I mean, people after stroke, they usually go to rehabilitation after a week or so. When they are stable in the hospital, when in their medical condition is stable, they go to rehabilitation. Usually uh, in my country, in Israel, it's, it could be till uh, three months of um, rehabilitation and then they go to daycare. And actually they have to do a lot of practice on their own,
0: mm.
1: but they don't do that. They We have only 45 minutes for a session which is very short and they need to practice a very long time and then what we see is that they don't practice is either because they are not motivated or because the exercises are boring or it's because quite um frustrating to do all all the time the same things yeah and the incorporation of technology and specifically robotics is something that we can use in order to get them to practice more and to do more and to do that in a more motivating way, like with the games and things like that, that are more motivating.
0: I understand. I mean, I've had like, you know, I tore my ACL on my knee and, you know, I had surgery on my neck and, you know, to really do it right, you got to like do months of physical therapy and it, it hurts the whole time and it's not fun. so. You know, unless you have someone there, like, motivating you and pushing you and all that and helping you, it's, it sucks. So no wonder why people don't want to do it, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's,
1: it's also, yeah, you have to go home and you have all kind of um, exercises that you have to do. And, yeah, as you said, it's, it hurts and sometimes it can be also boring because you have to do a lot of repetitions. Yeah. So we're trying to find things to make it more interesting and more fun because when it's fun, you do it.
0: Oh, yeah. You know, I've also noticed, too, with physical therapy, like, you'll do it and nothing will happen for a while, and it's super frustrating, and then all of a you know, you think you'll never get better, and all of a sudden, you get better a bit, you know, and then, okay, great, and then you plateau for a while, so that, too, makes it, like, likely that people would give up or quit, you know?
1: Yeah, 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 and sometimes, we, we are all humans, we need sometimes something um, external to make us motivated,
0: Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. So what is um what's the system you're proposing? What does it look like?
1: Well, we are working with uh, actually a shelf robot. It's Pepper robot. Uh, maybe you've heard about it. Uh, you can see that all over in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a um, humanoid robot. It looks like a child of like I don't know first grade child. Yes. Yeah. One one uh, hundred and twenty centimeters height, and it's very uh, human like in its face very welcoming in its face and uh, so we are working with uh, pepper robot in order to motivate uh, patients to do all kind of exercises for their upper extremity in all kind of ca- games that we we have developed for the upper extremity in order to make them do more exercises and work more with their upper extremity. And Pepper is a humanoid robot and it gives them the motivation to do their exercises.
0: So does it tell them, oh, you're doing it wrong or any of that? Or it just says, come on, you lazy bastard, you know, like, do do three more of these. Like, does, is it just pure motivation or does it have other stuff in it that would help them do it right?
1: No, no, it tells them if they did it, did it well or if they didn't did it Uh, do it well or if they have to do it more faster but it also motivates them like you have one more to do things like that so both
0: of them yeah does it have um, different styles of motivating like you know one could be again like tough love you know like where it insults them or it's like come on you lazy bastard and somewhere it's really encouraging and it's like oh you can do it you know don't give up that kind of thing
1: yeah, so we, we have um, all kind of uh, sentences that we implemented in it, so part of them are in order to make them, like, yeah, they succeed more, so it tells them, yeah, you did it, like yeah, great, keep on going, and if they don't do that well or if they didn't succeed, then it tells them, okay, you didn't succeed this time, but never mind, keep on going, you will succeed next time. Yeah.
0: Okay, so there's, there's just one personality, it's not like multiple ones, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, does it, so it could say, does it use artificial intelligence to figure out if they're doing something right, or how does it work?
1: Well, this is something that we are working on now in order to use artificial intelligence in it, but we are still working on it to develop it, to do that better. That will take a while. In order to do that because it's still not a um, closed system, it's still not an autonomous system, but we are working on it to be one.
0: Is it important that you have a robot that you can look at or do you just need like a disembodied voice like in a headset telling you hey go faster or do more or do three more or that kind of stuff? Like how important is the physical part of it?
1: Well actually we did a work when we compared um, computer screen versus the embodiment of robots and we compared older adults and young adults and we wanted to see their preferences and we saw that it does matter, the embodiment does make a difference. Um, They do prefer the embodiment of the robot, they do prefer, um, they think the robot is funny, they think they like the human-like perception of the robot. we do see
0: that it makes a difference okay interesting and um like so you said people have to practice a lot more than just a 45 minute session so how much are they falling short of what they should be doing and um when they use the robot how much better do they do
1: well this is the one million dollar question mm. because we know in motor control we know that People do need to practice more they need a lot a lot a lot of repetitions like if you are a professional music musician or a professional athlete then you practice a lot you actually all day long this is what you do you practice uh, so we say that in rehabilitation it's actually quite similar because they need to regain movements that they lost so they do need to practice a lot in order for the brain and in order for the um, connections in the brain to develop and to get stronger um, we don't know exactly how many repetitions and on the other hand we don't want them to get fatigue right. so we, so they do need a lot of repetition which we cannot get in the individual session with the clinician so the robot and actually other technologies as well but I work specifically with their robots do get us to get them practice more but we do have to consider their fatigue because when they yeah. are tired or when we see that their movement is not good anymore so we don't want them to keep on going we want them to rest
0: well do you, do you have any metrics um you know do you do uh like you know i know you won't know exactly but ballpark you know let's say i have a stroke and i can't walk you know do you ballpark do you know how many hours of training do i need to be able to walk again yeah, i know not exact but is, there must be ranges right
1: yeah, well actually there there are not ranges because in research you can see um, many ranges of time. We do believe that they need something like 300 repetitions for the arm movement. Um, for um, balance, we know that they need at least 24 sessions. Like you need 24 therapies in order to improve. Wow. So it really depends hmm. on what you want and what you need to improve. It's very
0: specific. You know, like, I could see that the physical therapist, there's only so many of them. There's only so much room. You know, if you got to get up and go in the car or the bus to the physical therapist and then come home, I mean, the robots would help with all these efficiencies. Like, you know, one physical therapist could help a thousand people with a robot instead of just a few. And, you know, you won't need, like, a, a gigantic gym to help everybody. They could do a lot at home. So I could see how it would you know, again, make things a lot more efficient. You can help a lot more people, you know?
1: Yeah, but uh, well, actually, we, we don't think that robots and at the moment can replace uh, the physical therapist or the clinician. Mm-hmm. And we don't aim them to do that because the physical therapist is important. The empathy and the warmth, and the, well, the clinician is important, the human being, but right. the robots can. Help us do the complementary things that we as clinicians cannot do, and this is what we are working
0: on. So would it be like a homework bot, essentially? You know, like the you go for the session, and the robot just helps you with your quote-unquote homework, but you still go once yeah. a week to see the the person.
1: Yeah, exactly. And also, what we think about is about remote places that don't have maybe physical therapists close to their homes, so maybe they can use um some robotic system that can help them and um, you have today all kind of things to help remote uh, places uh, with technology and also you know that the insurance companies they limit the number of therapies that a person can get but they do need to keep on practicing actually go on practicing exactly like healthy people need to do practice like to do sports mm. so we do believe that the robotic systems can help in two ways. They can help in the rehabilitation centers in order for the patients to practice more after the session with the therapist. They are, they're there already. It can also help them if they come to a daycare or to the clinic to work while they are there. Right. And it will be able to help them while they are at home. But this, this is still away from us because... Robots are still quite expensive
0: <laughs> for yeah.
1: everybody to have
0: robots at home. Right. Um, Do you have any data yet on uh, you know how much the robot helps? Like, let's say the average person, you know, they do nothing at home and they come once a week for like forty-five minutes. You know, does the robot, on average, get them to do twice as much or twenty percent more? Or? Well, we
1: we still don't have this data in. Our research because we are still uh, working on it. It's we are still in the collection, we're collecting of data. So we still don't have the data, but okay. we'll be happy to share it with you <laughs> once we have
0: it. Yeah. What What are the most important things that you know besides encouragement, or in addition to encouragement? What is an important what is it, What is important that the robot knows in order to help you do your exercises properly? Like. The speed, or the number, or the, the position of your body? I mean, what do you think these robots will be able to help advise on?
1: Yeah. so this, this, this is what we are working on. We want it to be able to detect the movement of the, of the patient, and then to see that the movement that the patient is doing is the right movement that we want the patient to do. So this is exactly what we are working on.
0: Have you? Uh, do you have an idea on what the most critical factors would be that you want the robot to be able to do, or do you not know yet?
1: Well, we are still collecting the data, so we don't have that data yet, but um, I think that one of the most important thing in robots in general is actually the clinician, because I think that one of the barriers that we still facing today are the clinicians, because they have difficulties sometimes with the implementation with technology. So it's very important when developing robotic system to listen to the clinicians and to hear what they have to say and what they are their needs
0: mm-hmm.
1: in developing such systems.
0: Well, you're a clinician. I mean, what do you think would be the most helpful from your perspective?
1: Yeah, so in my perspective, as I said before, is really the the, um, detection of, of the movements. This is something that we are working on. I want the robot to do with the patient the right exercises. I don't want the robot to make my patient exercise movements that are not good for him. So this is one of the most important things that we are working on at the moment.
0: Okay, I mean, you know, any examples of, uh, you know, like if you had a robot, poof, poof, you know, helping you, what do you wish it would do? Like, what are the top two or three things you wish it would do?
1: Well, I think that you, you should um, separate what I, as a person, would like a robot to do at home. I mean, and there are people that are trying to work on robots, like to make their patient uh, be able to dress and things like that, or a robot that is for practicing. And at the moment, we are working on robots that would be for practice um but there are robots that people are trying to make to help patients get rest and things like that because you know we we are lack of um we are lack of helper people in the homes of the patients we are lack of people um in the hospitals to help the patients. So this is something that they are trying to develop today, robots that will be able to transfer the patients, uh, to be able to help the patient get dressed, to be able maybe to make uh, some uh, light uh, food for the patient. Uh, So this is one thing that would be great if we would be able to develop, but I think that's, it's still very far away because there are robots that are able to do that at the moment, but again, they are very expensive. It, this is not something that is available to put at everybody's home. Okay. The other thing is for for rehab and for practicing. Then I think that we are we are getting there for robots that will be able to make our patients practice more and. Do more of their exercises and get their movement better.
0: Right. Okay. All right. Gotcha. So, what's your timetable? When you think um, you'll have a uh, functioning robot that's testing stuff out there?
1: Well, we are working now. I think it will take um, another year of work. Of work, we are working in parallel in several. Um, Aspects in order to to regain all those uh, things that we were talking about. So I guess it will take us another year at least. Mm-hmm. But I would want to see such robots getting more um, in industrial. So I guess this that would take a while to make that robots more industrial. What do you mean
0: industrial? Like uh, I mean you know.
1: more? Yeah, because we are now in research. So at the end, in order to make robots be it people's homes you will need to make those robots cheaper and at the moment the development of such systems is very expensive mm, but in yeah. order to lower the costs then we do need the um, work with industry
0: it always starts out that way and then you know people find efficiencies and stuff gets cheaper you know so it just takes time yeah
1: yeah exactly like computers <laughs> yeah exactly
0: exactly all right very yeah. good well um What's the best way for people to get in touch with you for collaboration or you know questions or that kind of stuff? Well,
1: we, we have our uh, lab site. It's the Cognition Aging and Rehabilitation Lab, the CAR Lab in uh, BGU, so they can find us there.
0: Okay. Um, a, a, any website or a uh, you know email that people can have? Like, what's the best way to get in touch?
1: So the, this is our website. The CAR Lab is our website of the lab, so lab. They, okay. we have all the contact information there. In in
0: our um, lab site okay well very good well Renine thank you for for coming on the podcast I really appreciate it
1: thank you very much
0: you have been listening to Almost Here around the corner future technology podcast with Richard Jacobs subscribe to this podcast post to review to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse such as Bitcoin artificial intelligence 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.